How to Build a Church Counseling Ministry on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week, one of our training center directors, Tony Anderson, is joining us on the podcast. Tony has served as an elder at Christian Family Chapel since 2007. And along with being a director for one of our training centers, of course, he is a certified member with ACBC as well. Tony oversees the Hope Center, which is the biblical counseling ministry of Christian Family Chapel, where they serve as one of our certified training centers. Tony is married to Lisa, who is also a certified counselor. And today, our marketing and exhibiting coordinator, Taryn DeFevers, is talking with Tony on this subject about how to build a counseling ministry. You know, this is a very important subject for us to be discussing as we receive this question so often from many of you who are out there uh, serving in local churches and you're wondering, how in the world do we get this thing started? Well, Taryn was able to sit down with Tony uh, to get some insight on his experience, his process, his progress, and the things that he's learned along the way. So, Taryn, we look forward to hearing uh, your discussion with Tony. Tony, we're thankful that you are here, and I know that you are someone who loves biblical counseling and is devoted to biblical counseling in the local church and has a training center at your church, of which you started with a small team of people from the ground up. And so you've had many years of experience of developing a counseling ministry at your church. And so we want to learn from your wisdom and experiences there. I know it's a huge task to take on a counseling ministry. So could you help us think through what does it look like for a person to to get something like that going? Yeah, that's a good question. It is a huge task. And so you definitely want to begin with pray, then pray, and then pray some more. You want to ask God to raise up some like-minded people who will go down this journey with you. Um, it's very helpful, but it's also very important, I think, to have your senior leadership on board uh, from the beginning and to make sure that you're not um, out there alone or rowing upstream, so to speak. So when we started pursuing biblical counseling, our entire elder team decided that what they wanted to do was get some CDs from other training, listen to the truth that would be taught if we brought people in to equip our people and to make sure that they could embrace it, make sure it would be consistent with what our body would hear on Sunday morning from the pulpit. And after we did that, they were on board and said, yes, we can endorse this wholeheartedly. So as we got started, we were blessed to have the the endorsement of an entire uh, elder team. In fact, I had just come on the elder team at that time. And once they made that decision, we decided let's equip our staff. And so they made the financial investment to send many of our staff away to training. Uh, In the early days, most of us got our training at Faith Lafayette at the week-long training conference. And so the senior leadership was on board, and then they invested in pastoral staff to uh, go and hear uh, and be trained so that uh, our plan was to bring uh, ACBC then NANC to our campus for training. And so our staff had been trained about six or seven months ahead of time. And so as questions come, they could speak intelligently about some of the training they were going to, to hear and receive. And then it was very important that our pastor teacher from the front was promoting this training, saying this is a decision, this is a strategic decision 
our church is making to uh, be equipped in biblical counseling and uh, pursue pursue that. And so senior leadership was very important. And then we just moved from there to really trying to talk it up constantly. We would talk about it in various settings. And, and it wasn't just counseling. Uh, you know, 12 years ago, people th- thinking of being trained in counseling might have not been something that they were rallying around. But when we uh, cast it, really the truth of intensive discipleship and individually how people can grow and change, progressive sanctification and become more like Christ, that resonated with people. Because I think most churches... If you look at their mission statement or their goals, there is an aspect of becoming more like Christ. And mm-hmm. training in biblical counseling uh, just fits that uh, perfectly. But we also, we recognized uh, uh, the way that we could cast a vision for our community. Um, I don't know if everyone's community is, is like this, but as we looked around our neighborhoods, there were already um, um, parachurch ministries or organizations that helped uh, help the poor, help the needy with clothes, things of that nature. But we realized what our community needed was reconciliation with broken relationships. Uh, and that was something unique that wasn't being provided. So it really was a major emphasis of outreach. This is a way that we could definitely impact our community. So that is something to consider as you're thinking about starting it. Think broader. Think not only how it will grow your own people, but what a blessing you can be to your community. Uh, that gets people excited, and it's it's a biblical response to our community. And then as, as we were growing slow, a few of us getting started, we really were encouraging people to remove whatever stigma there was of counseling, uh, like, oh, I have to go to counseling because it was intensive discipleship. And over the years, we've now seen that people almost expect that at some point you're going to be in intensive discipleship because we all need help to grow and change. And and so now it's more norm that if they're members or attenders of our church, they almost readily share, yeah, I've been through through counseling because we've been upfront about it, encouraged people to do it, said this is a good thing to uh, fulfill your call to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. That's great. So begin with prayer. We are dependent on the Lord. And then it's good for the senior staff to be in unity. No one's going in different directions, but we all understand we are doing intensive discipleship as a church and we want to cultivate, develop that ministry in our church. And we want the whole staff to be on board. Staff's on board. What about the rest of the church? How do you start to cultivate people who want to to move towards this type of ministry more at your church? Yeah, How do they participate as a part of that? Great question. Uh, well, uh, we've had the upfront ask, so to speak, as our pastor or our elders get up front and say, this is a court, you know, this is a course of action. Consider this, but you have to move from that. And so we did the one-on-one ask, so to speak, and you sort of uh, evaluate who are the spiritually mature women and men in your body um, that you could see have this gift of that one-on-one discipling and then set up opportunities to go and ask, say, would you consider this? Um, and it, it's incremental. Would you ask them, would you go to the training? And then once the training asks, would you consider the next step of pursuing the exams or whatever uh, is the next step for them? But I think what I what we've experienced and one of the things I didn't realize, even from other um, wisdom we gathered, is sometimes you have to release your leaders. If you want spiritually mature men and women to counsel, they're probably already busy. And it is 
won't say impossible, but it's difficult to do biblical counseling uh, as an add-on. And so we encourage men and women say, I know you've got a fruitful ministry, but would you consider stepping away from that to pursue this important ministry that we want to start? And I'm an example of that. At the time, I was uh, regularly teaching in uh, some of the Sunday morning fellowships. I enjoyed it, um, thought I was decent at it. And our pastor teacher came to me and said, you know, at this point, we can probably find someone else to teach uh, but we don't have a lot of people who have a passion right now to pursue this. So I'm asking you to give that up to pursue uh, this, this ministry. And he said, the person who replaces you may not be as good as you, but it, then he laughs and says, actually, they may end up being better than you. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a humbling moment. But releasing your leaders is very important uh, so uh, that they can have the time to prepare and then take on this ministry. And then... You have to make a financial investment in them. If you're on staff, um, a few of us were, we have continuing education dollars or budgets, and so it's it's uh, easy to get away for some training. But for a lot of people, they have to take vacation time. Um, they, uh, they have to pay for their own expenses. So I would really encourage you to make a financial investment in them. And then going forward, um, the Lord's blessed us, and if the church is able, I would encourage you, pay those uh, on uh, ongoing training fees, pay the, the certification fees that are involved, pay the annual dues. Uh, because if you think about it, there's not a lot of ministries uh, where you have to pay to uh, participate. We don't require praise team members to pay to be part of the praise team ministry. So I want to, uh, if you can, soften the load on that uh, because they're providing a very um, uh, important service. But I do want to say as an aside, a counseling ministry up front, you need some seed money. But once that's established, maybe you've invested some money and some resources that you will then use to hand to counselees. The counseling ministry doesn't require a lot of ongoing funds uh, to operate. So there's a great return on investment. And so if you have some dollars for counseling, I would use it uh, for your people. And just all connected to that is don't go to any conferences alone. If you, if you see something that's good, Take either one of your existing counselors or someone that you think might have an interest. Let them see what it's like. Let them get with like-minded people. And then when you come back, do the follow-up. Don't let the uh, excitement of the moment uh, leave. Mm-hmm. I think one final piece is you, you have you know sort of layers of leadership. You have your elder team. But show other leaders what it looks like in person. There are opportunities to maybe show some of the counseling observation DVDs that's helpful. We borrowed something from Brad Bigney. He has an exercise called what ifs. And so in some of our leadership meetings, we just pose a hypothetical that is very real. Uh, Someone comes up and approaches you about a pornography problem, an adultery problem. And then we say in five minutes, how are you going to respond? And you have to have a, a passage of scripture to support your answer. It can't be, well, I think. And if you do that enough, Pretty soon people realize, you know what, I'd like to be better equipped to use my Bible to help people. Uh, so we sort of show the need to, mm-hmm. uh, in a sort of outward circles, as so to speak, expand that net and say, this is what we want. There's a need for you to get better equipped, and then we're going to invest in you to do that. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. It's good to have a mindset of I'm always thinking about not only my own training, my own growth, but as a, especially a pastor or even senior counselor. I want to be training up other people to be doing this ministry 
and even offloading that to others, equipping others to be doing that. You mentioned the importance of investing money and training for people who are in this in this ministry. Counseling often deals with very difficult, challenging discipleship. It's what's often known as intensive discipleship. So how do you make sure that those who are participating in this ministry have a level of skill and competency with the scriptures and when they're participating in this ministry in your church? That's a question that we really wanted to tackle up front because we know that God's word is perfect and sufficient, but the individual counselors um, may not be. So we always want to make sure that we are growing in that uh, area. Uh, our elders made a decision early on that if we're going to help our people and we're going to put a counselor with a counselee behind closed doors with many problems of life, that we were going to require our counselors to be certified by ACBC. Now, that may be a wisdom issue that not everyone follows, but we just uh, believe that it was important that uh, when someone was going to meet with someone, that they had received the classroom training, the reading, they had gone through the exams, um, and then had been observed by um, a supervisor of ACBC for a minimum of 50 hours. Now, we, we do allow people to counsel while they're under supervision. So once they're in that third phase, they're counseling. But we just mm-hmm. thought it was very important that we require uh, certification be, before people counseled. In the early stages, that may not be possible. When we first started, there were really only a couple, two or three of us, and but we were already staff, pastoral staff, and so we were already counseling anyway. But as we grew, we, we required that certification. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that we have to do, I know in my role as the pastor of counseling and director of the training center, I have to sort of transition from uh, a direct counselor, which I still do, but not as many cases because now I have to be a multiplier. And so I spend some more time now getting with our counselors, trying to observe them, uh, trying to sit in with them, co-counsel. And so it requires me to sort of transition the ministry, which can be sometimes more hard work because now I have to juggle three calendars, the counselees, the the other counselor Mm -hmm. in my schedule so that we can all meet together. But multiplying does bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. So I definitely would encourage people to do that. And then we as a counseling ministry require ongoing education, so to speak. We we just uh, established something called the Investments in Excellence. It's just the name we gave it. But every year, we ask our counselors to attend or listen to at least six workshops or teaching on biblical counseling issues. This can be satisfied by attending the annual conference here. We require a minimum of, I think it's 300 pages of reading from a new biblical counseling book or text. And then we require them to either co-counsel with someone that they have not co-counseled with in the last 12 months or to observe and then be observed by someone else to get feedback so they can learn and continue to be growing. And if they do that, then our investment in them is to continue to pay for ongoing uh, Mm -hmm. membership fees and training opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's great. Just continual pursuit of excellence. Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. You're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, we live in a broken world. We talk about that so often. And so many of you know hurting people in your life. And, you know, it's kind of an odd moment when the first way you think about helping somebody might not be your local church. 
At ACBC, we aim to change that, and one of the ways that we hope to change that is through our training centers. Many of our training centers are directly associated with a local church, and we have nearly 70 of those spread across the United States of America. And so can I make them available to you as a resource where on our page, on our website, you can find a map that lists and shows the location of all of our training centers across the world. And so I want to encourage you that when you encounter those types of problems, that our training centers that are spread out, that have been vetted by ACBC and certified by our organization, they're willing, ready, and waiting to help in all of these issues that you would deal with. And so allow them as the church and as training centers to be a first resource for you when you think about the people who are hurting in your life. These are training centers that are grounded in the scriptures, grounded in counseling the scriptures well, and then training others to do the same. At ACBC Training Centers, you'll learn all kinds of things in addition to our fundamentals. Our fundamentals is our basic track. So if you know people who are just wanting to find out about ACBC or who are interested in becoming a certified counselor, our training centers offer our fundamentals training. But in addition to that, often you'll find that they they give specialized training in advanced methodology in counseling or advanced theology that relates to counseling that are that's foundational for how and why we think about counseling the way that we do. And so year-round, you'll find our training centers are offering this type of training to help and to encourage those of you who are engaged in local church ministry and doing counseling so that they can equip you to now engage that very important ministry of counseling in your local church. If you want more information about any of our training centers or anything that we discussed today on our podcast, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.